Hey, welcome to the Because Business is Personal podcast, the podcast where empathy meets marketing strategy. I'm your host, Mike Caldwell, but I'm also known as the marketing medic. Now, the reason for that is because before becoming a marketing strategist, I actually worked as a paramedic for 12 years. And it was during that time that I realized how important it was to truly understand the problems your patient was facing before you started providing treatment. And it's this same understanding, the same empathy is just as crucial when it comes to understanding our prospects and making sales. And that's why in each episode, we'll dissect the art of empathic marketing, exploring how top professionals infuse empathy into their strategies to build stronger relationships, boost their sales, and make a lasting impact. So buckle up and prepare to turn up the dial on your marketing effectiveness. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Because Business is Personal. Today we've got with us the super exciting and dynamic Jen McFarland. She's a passionate and compassionate champion for entrepreneurs, founders, and business owners. She built her business to encourage people with great ideas to reach their full potential, particularly women, non-binary folks, and people of color. A natural teacher and gifted speaker, Jen's committed to providing you with fun stories and great value. So welcome, Jen. Hey, hey, thanks for having me. <laughs> so um, I, I didn't come prepared. Did you come prepared with a dad joke? Oh, with a dad joke? I mean, there's just so many. I don't. Do, so you, do, you, do, you, have, do you have anything to share? You, don't have, you didn't have one? No, like, I, that's how we usually start, but I forgot this time. You know, I was coming and you didn't. You no. know, it's so funny because my other bio talks about dad jokes and how much I love dad jokes. So, okay, well, we'll, we'll mull on it and, and we'll come uh, back. We'll come up that. with something. Don't worry about it. Yeah. It's all good. All right. So, Jen, so let's um, give us a little bit of background to uh, who you are and who you help. Yeah. So, my company is called Women Conquer Business. People ask if I help men, and I'm like, Sure. You just have to be cool with the business name. You know, kind of believe that we're all in it together. We're all trying to to build a thing. Uh, I started off in marketing because way back when because I could identify a scanner. I'm not even kidding. I was like in an interview and I had done all this design work and stuff. And the guy's like, what's that? And I'm like, a scanner. And he's like, you're hired. And I was like, really? Okay. And so then I worked for a long time as an in-house designer. I did a lot of graphics. I designed educational posters, video covers, you name it. Then I went into the Peace Corps for a couple of years and I lived in Kazakhstan. My husband and I went there and we lived and worked and taught in Kazakhstan for two years. I came back. I got a master's degree in leadership and management, worked as an executive at the city of Portland, helped with their website and boosted traffic at my bureau by like 250%. Got kind of bored with helping nameless, faceless hordes and crowds of people with these huge projects and started my own consultancy. And here we are. Okay. So, well, cool. Yeah. It's interesting because uh, I didn't know about your master's degree because I have a very, my, I have a master's degree. It's called a master of science and management but, from Regis University, but it was all, uh, it was mostly leadership stuff. Yeah. And it, it's funny because I'm so uh, literal. I'm like, how is this a science degree? It seemed pretty, it seems <laughs> like, like, is leadership really a science? I don't know. Is yours a science degree or an arts degree or? <laughs> Uh, I have an MPA, so it's a Master of Public Administration. So okay. it's for it was it's kind of like an MBA for government. Okay, gotcha. 
Cool. Yeah, I really thought I was going to work in government forever. I did for about 10 years. And then I was like, yeah, I, I need to do something else. So Okay. Um, so one question I have is, since you're a marketing expert, is how do you define marketing? Because especially, so it's funny, you bring up the government. Because my buddy, uh, Joe, he wants me to do consulting work for the government. He's a consultant in the government. He's like, dude, you're like, well, it's $1,000 a day per day, like it's just easy money, and um, I'm, I'm like, but I'm a paramedic and I'm a marketing guy. Like, I don't know how I could serve. He's like, don't worry, it's just a club, and you just need to know somebody in the club to get you in. And I'm in the club. Yeah. So anyway, it was funny because when he, when I was creating my CV for for the public sector, he just trashed. He's like, oh my god, you just say like marketing in every one of your bio <laughs> things. I'm like, well, that's because that's what I've been doing. He's like, well, the government hates that word marketing. Yeah. In, mar in, in the government, you have to use comms. It's all about comms, which means it's the same thing. You just can't say marketing. But yeah. marketing has a different perspective for different people. So how do you envision marketing? I mean, I have all these like fancy technical definitions, but I will say that at the at the end of the day, marketing is getting the word out about the things that you care about. That's it. And then you choose how that is. It can be online. It can be offline. It can be in so many different ways. The one caveat is if I meet you on the street and I go look you up, I better see the same thing. I okay. better see that same passion. I better see that same thing. But really fundamentally, you know, and, and it's one of the things I talk to about with my clients is like, you remember when you sold lemonade on the street and how much fun that was? Like, that's all that marketing is because I tend to meet with a lot of people who are pretty tight about it. Like they get pretty scared about it. They don't necessarily want to go out and do the things. And they've heard so many things that, about what it quote unquote has to be that if we can strip everything else away and say, look, you know, you really care about the people that you serve. You really care about the work that you do and making a difference. Talk about that, <laughs> you know, make offers around that, share that. That's the marketing. That's marketing is talking to people, getting out there and doing things. And I think a lot of people don't realize all of the ways that they're actually marketing now when they feel like they're not doing any marketing at all. Right. Like, cause that's my differentiation is I hate sales. Like for me, sales is me trying to convince you to buy from me. Mm -hmm. And I think if you can market well, then you're going to be begging me to sell to you. And that's, yeah. I much prefer that And the way, and you make that happen by exactly what you said. Like when I just talk about my stuff be, out of passion, yeah. Then people, so I'm a I'm a crystal executive with Isogenics. <laughs> it's a multi-level marketing product. That's a protein powder. I never I've never sold the product because I because <laughs> and it's funny because all the people that I've that I have sold it to, I always feel bad because for some reason I feel bad about selling stuff. But when I first started with it, I was just so passionate about it because I lost weight, I was racing faster, I had my best Ironman time ever. I was beating guys that I could never beat before. And they're like, how are you doing? And I'm like, oh, I found this amazing thing. And I would just <laughs> go on. And they're like, how can we get it? And I'm like, oh, I guess I have to sell it to you. And I, I would find it <laughs> it's weird because I feel guilty about that. But they'd be like, no, you must. Don't. They thought I was like trying to keep it for myself because I didn't want them to have the same results. But that's oh, marketing. So then you're creating like, inter, you, know, it, you know, you didn't mean to, but you're creating all this FOMO, which makes it even more attractive. Like, oh, exactly. now you don't, you don't want to sell it to me. Yeah. So that's, yeah. that's great. 
<laughs> That's yeah. awesome. I feel the same way though. Like if you talk about things several times and you're different angles of it, you're sharing your expertise, all of these things, all of this passion, all of these things make you more attractive to your customers. And people forget about that. They think that that all of that stuff is boring or they just have like, there's all these things within our minds that keep us from doing that thing that's going to like help get to do more of that thing that you want to do, you know, and, and that's, that's really the work that I do with a lot of folks is helping with what's going on between, between the ears <laughs> so that we can get some things out, you know, and get things happening. And that's, that's the real magic, I think, of, of being a consultant is, you know, unpacking what's really going on and what the values of the organization are. And then let's make a plan around that. Let's do that. And then things start to really unlock for people. Okay. So that sounds like empathy to me. Yeah. <laughs> and that's just it, right? <laughs> so as a consultant, it sounds like you empathize. So so I'm sure you have like a, a framework that you use with your mm -hmm. business, with your marketing. But I think you don't, it's not a, it's not a cast in stone framework. No. Right. It sounds like you adapt your framework to where your, your customers. So can you, can you give me some examples of that? Yeah. I mean, I think, and I think a lot of this comes from having such a varied background. I think it's one of the things that I offer that a lot of people don't is I've done everything from DJing to Peace Corps to executive. I mean, it's like I'm all, you know, I'm multi-passionate myself, but the bottom line has always been about marketing and doing marketing. So I have a framework around, you know, the repetition and getting things out the door. And then what we do is we just look at like all of the options for marketing. And I'm like, okay, we're going to sit down. You're going to agree to, you know, to get, you know, it's different for everybody, but it's kind of like, you're going to agree to do this many tasks that are marketing related. Okay. What are the things that you're going to be able to do? And we pick from the menu, <laughs> you know, and then it's like, okay, now you're going to do that. We're going to put this in the calendar and you're going to go, you're going to go network this many times. And you're going to put that in the calendar and then you're going to track like what happened after that. Did you follow up with them? Did you do what you were supposed to do? You know, you're going to write X number of newsletters. You're going to talk about your offers. You're going to do that. We're going to put that in the calendar. You know, so it's really about like we're just mapping things out. We're picking what it is that we're going to do and we get a rudimentary plan and it kind of gets people off the schneid and then they can start running with it and we can start adding complexity. Um, it works really well, uh, regardless of how complicated the organization is <laughs> to really get people to go, oh, okay, now I need to be thinking about it. We don't focus as much on like, you know, marketing metrics as we do about, did I get out and do it? Did I follow up with the person? Did it result in any clients? Did it result in, you know, because I help service-based businesses. So it's more about clients and dollars and, and that kind of thing than like, you know, how many widgets did I sell? That would product-based marketing is a little bit different than services. So um, so yeah, I mean, that's kind of the general framework for like, say a marketing plan, um, for somebody who is really confused. Like I, and the whole framework came about because I do a lot of mentorship and coaching with female business owners through a project called Accelerate Women. It's a fund here in Oregon that, you know, you can get finance to help you scale. And I kept hearing from all these business owners, like, I don't understand like why posting on social media is going to help me with my business. And I kept getting the, you know, or I don't understand email and how that helps my business. Like there was this huge disconnect. And so I had to create the framework to say, okay, 
here's why these things come together. And then like the light went off and I was like, well, I can do an iteration of this for regardless of how big an organization is. It just depends on complexity, but the framework is very similar. Okay. So this is interesting because one of the pet peeves I have with some of my clients is um, they think they're going to hire me as their marketing guy. They're going to say, okay, I've got this widget. I've got the service to sell. Uh, go build me a website and then bring me customers. And it sounds like <laughs> that you don't think I have the power just to make sales without involving my client at all. Are you saying that's true? I'm, I'm <laughs> saying that's true. I'm sorry, Mike. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, did you go to magic school? I didn't, I didn't get to go to marketing magic school where I could just, you know, if I build a website, they will come. Um, right. That's, it's too bad. And I've had clients like that too. <laughs> I have, you know, that are, that are like, well, we have this website. Why aren't the people just coming? And I'm like, well, did you share the website? <laughs> no. <laughs> did you tell anybody you have it? No. <laughs> what do you mean? And I'm like, well, we talked about it. Like you have to <laughs> share it with people. And they're like, oh, okay. But what about the SEO? And I'm like, well, part of it is sharing it <laughs> with other people so they read it you know i mean there is some distribution that goes on you know i mean we have these conversations too and um yeah i mean it's i wish i wish it could be if you build it they will come with anything you know but we live in a world that is very complex and has a lot going on and people are busy so we have to remind them not once or twice but a few times about our offers and what it is that we're doing right and nowadays, uh, like every single day, I think it grows exponentially, the amount of distrust and skepticism, right? And so, yeah, without that consistent, uh, you know, without those consistent touches with your audience, like that, 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 that trust and understanding isn't going to be there. Absolutely. And, and in fact, the number of touches, it's so funny. It's like exponentially more touches the longer I'm in business. <laughs> Like yeah. I think, you know, it used to be closer to like three to five and now they're like, you know, 10 to a hundred. I'm like, oh my gosh, that's a lot, you know, but it yeah. is because of that, the lower trust, you know, there, yeah. there are the internet as great as it is, has also amplified the voices of um, people who are dishonest and not just people who are honest. And then it means that hardworking business owners have to work even harder sometimes to get their voice above, you know, some of the people who are nefarious and don't have good, good intent. Yeah. Cause I've worked at, I've worked with some incredible business, great people with great products. And I'm really good at crafting a marketing message. I've got the hook. I've got the big differentiator. I've identified all the false living beliefs. The offer is killer with like guarantees like it's an absolute no brainer, but yeah. the sales aren't pouring in because people still don't trust us. Like any, I could yeah. write anything I want. I'm the king of Sire on the, on my website. It doesn't mean it's true, right? And so right. even the yeah. guarantees, like I see you got the guarantee, but will you honor it? Like who knows? So, know. like I said, they, the people have to feel like you're somebody that would they would welcome to have dinner at your table before they'll buy from you. Now it seems like. Uh, that's true. I mean, and, and the, so the disconnect I think that people have is I've set everything up. You know, it's like, it's like you're inviting people to have dinner with you and there, nobody's coming. And you're like, but I invited you. I've invited you 17 times. 
right. and they're not coming. And so part of it is that, you know, you have to, you have to go a little bit deeper. You have to be like, well, I, I perf, this is the best fork I could find. You know, I went, I weighed it. It's like, feels perfect in your hand. You know, I've crafted this meal. I spent so much time cooking your favorite dishes. And here's why I think that's important to you. And you have to keep doing it and doing it. And then, you know, and then they have to decide whether they want to have dinner with you. So it's, it is like a very, a very long conversation. And yeah, I mean, it is harder because a lot of people, I won't say a lot of people, but there are a fair number of people who don't have good intent. And then they tend sometimes to drown out the people who do. And then sometimes there are a lot of people who are very empathetic, heart-centered folks who they don't want to intrude. <laughs> I get so right. many people who don't want to send out an email or yeah. they don't want to, they don't, they're like, I don't want to bother anybody. And the thing is, if you don't do marketing, if you don't go out and, and invite people into what it is that you're offering, then, then you're just letting the, the other people win that maybe don't have the best intent and they're missing out on your great product. Right. And they're missing out on your copy because they're not going to see it. <laughs> and they're yep. missing out on all of that hard work you did to like make everything exactly how you need to. Right. One of my favorite pastimes, not my favorite, actually, I don't really like it that much, but I do it. <laughs> I, like to, <laughs> I like to go onto Facebook and you'll, 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 and because I live off the grid and different things, I'll see like a picture of an off the grid cabin with a lake. And it's like, this is my dream home. And it's a, just a beautiful picture, right? And it's yeah. just a, a motivational or inspirational picture. I like to scroll through the, the, the comments to start finding all the negative ones. Cause there's people who can throw stones at this beautiful, it's like, Oh, I'd like to see how you do in the winter with no driveway. It's like, <laughs> you know, like, can't we just like accept that it's a nice picture and like this dream that we're not, ne- we don't, we're never going to do, but we could have like dream about it. But no, there's the realtors like, Oh, I don't see a, any phone lines going into that. I was, you know, it's like, come on. You know, and that's why that's why people get it's the trolls, right? That's why people get so tight about things like social media and stuff. And, and it's so interesting, because I had a troll on YouTube for a while. And it was like every single thing I posted on YouTube. And they're all like, hey, marketing is cool. Like there wasn't anything that I thought anyway, that was like, super like, crazy out of bounds, scammy, anything, you know, and it was just like, uh, thumbs down, troll comment, you know, and it got to where it was just comical. Like I was just like, oh, wow, they have, they're so bored. (laughs) They have nothing to do, but wait for my new video to come up, you know? And I think that that is what kind of helped me just be like, uh, there's always going to be somebody, you know? And I, and I knew that from managing people, but like out in the other, you know, there are those trolls under a bridge who are just going to throw a rock through any window they can find. And we have to keep going anyway. And you have to find a way to kind of laugh at it, which for me in that case was, dude, talk about someone who's bored, <laughs> like yeah. just waiting for my my YouTube video so they can make a comment. And uh, but it's hard, right? Like you you have to build that online armor a little bit if you're going to be out in the public eye and doing things because there's always going to be somebody. Yeah, because unless you write or present something totally over the top amazing, it's pretty tough to get positive love from strangers. Right. Right. There will be a lot of people that that do really like it, but they're not going to extend themselves and and write anything. And so there's a whole bunch of people that are are seeing your stuff and they're loving your stuff. They're just not vocal about it. 
But right. you know, you got you got Joe Troll there who has never missed an episode, <laughs> watches exactly. your entire twenty minute, you know, education <laughs> on marketing just so he can zing yeah. you at the end. It's like, whoa, dude. Yeah. Thumbs down, brah. Thanks. Yeah. yeah, peace out. Yeah. I you know, and it's so funny too, because I mean, I didn't even think they were watching it. I think it was just a, oh, there's Jen. Nope. So, you know, it's it's just an interesting thing. And you're right. You know, we forget that, like, people see stuff and they don't say anything. And, you know, so what we what we fill the void with, and I think that you find this a lot, you know, in working around empathy, because I know that I certainly find it is in that void, (laughs) we bombard ourselves sometimes with all the negative things around what it means when it's just like somebody saw it, they loved it and they moved on with their life. And we're like, Oh God, it must've just been so terrible. I better, I better go back and work on it. I better refine it. I better like take it down. I'm not going to put anything up for a while. Like we fill ourselves with all of this negativity instead of just saying, "Uh, (laughs) you know, keep going. Yeah. So, um, but it takes a while to build up that resiliency. At least it seems, um, you know, in the folks that I work with and, and I would share with my own stuff too. You know, it's a lot different when you work like I did in a big organization, all this infrastructure and everything, you know, and then the infrastructure has gone. It's a lot different out here in the wild west. Yeah. And you've probably experienced the same thing if you're posting to YouTube regularly, like a lot of first times I meet with a customer, first time, first time I'm on a discovery call with them, they're quoting my videos. And they, yeah. they're saying like, well, we've, I've been following you for months. I finally got ready to, you know, to reach out and contact you. It's, but that, yeah. that's what your audience has, your, your clients have to remember is like, there are people positively stalking you. Just Yeah. Yeah. They're waiting. checking you out. Yeah. You know, every, you know, if you think that you're coming in off the street and they don't know anything about you, you're wrong. I mean, the, the, the statistics and my, my firsthand knowledge, your firsthand knowledge they just really reinforce the fact that they're looking at reviews. They're looking at your public profiles there. If you have videos, they're watching them. They want to know if they like you. They want to know if it's making sense or not. Because when you hire a marketing person or anybody for your business, it's an investment. <laughs> you right. know? Am I going to invest time with this person? You know, and that's the thing, you know, people don't necessarily think of marketing as um, the long game and they run out of patience a lot. And what I really try to reinforce with my clients and out in my writing and my videos is like, the worst thing you can do is just give up, (laughs) you know, but you have to keep at it for a while and give it a chance before you know really what's working and what's not working and and what it is that you need to do. Yeah, I just onboarded a a client this morning, actually, and uh, she's an amazing tax accountant in, in California. And she want and she 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 goes beyond that, and she wants to offer a high ticket uh, coaching offer where yeah. bookkeeping and tax returns all included. But she sent me her most recent blog posts from 2020, mm-hmm. and I was like, "Okay, I can help you with this, <laughs> but we're not going to make any sales in the next month or two months because." Like you're just like, well, just, you know, you're just an accountant right now. And to go to a high ticket coaching, they've got to stock you. And we don't really have anything recent to be stocked. And so you've got to put in that time. And luckily she's a super intelligent woman. She's like, oh, she's disappointed because she wanted to make a sale like the day after hiring me. But when I explained to her, you know, the the work that's involved, she's like, oh, yeah, no, that, you know, I get it. I get it. Tracks. That makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, you know, and that's the thing, you know, there are a lot of people who don't want to make content, you know, and it's kind of hard sometimes if, you know, without that, you know, you're providing people with with fodder for like making a decision, you know, with yeah. every piece of content that you create. And so I'm always, <laughs> I'm always trying to worm my way into like, well, could what about this? You said you didn't want to write blogs, but would you make a video? Okay, you won't make a video, but like, what about like a an email? Like, will you do that? Yeah. You know? <laughs> like, like I'm always trying to figure out like what's the what's the soft spot? You know, it's like um, because when people are so adamant about not wanting to create content, then they don't understand how many you know other windows kind of close at that point in terms of what it is that you can do, and we have to keep kind of exploring like. <laughs> how we're going to get the word out, you know, um, because the thing is, like, we can talk about, like, earlier, I mentioned things like networking and stuff. But um, at a certain point, you know, the word of mouth and networking, you're not gonna be able to, like, scale at that point, you know, you can always reinforce things and do things. But um, when you're trying to get out in the in the public eye and do and have like high ticket items and have people coming in, like, sometimes you've got to got to step into the limelight and you've got to blog more often than every three years or four years like the the blog from 2020 <laughs> you know um exactly. when i stumble upon websites that have a blog from three years or four years ago i'm like are they still around yeah are they just paying for this website <laughs> yeah let's switch gears because it's my understanding that you once wrote quite the controversial blog post yourself <laughs> yes you i did a little bit about that and the, let's call it the fallout. <laughs> the fallout. Uh, you know, it's so interesting. So I think I wrote it, you know, I always kind of look back. I think I wrote it in like 2019, 2018. I wrote a blog post about ClickFunnels that was, um, you know, reasons why you should or shouldn't use ClickFunnels and what to do instead. And the thing about it is if you've ever... I'm sure most people have heard of ClickFunnels. Most people have heard of Russell Brunson. They've done all of the things. If you ever look up ClickFunnels reviews, almost every single ClickFunnels review is like, you need to buy ClickFunnels. Here's my affiliate link. You know, and so <laughs> one of the things that made what I wrote so different was that I was like, well, you know, A, no affiliate links. B, I'm not an active customer. C, I'm somebody who's supported other people who've had ClickFunnels. So I've written, I wrote about like, who it works for, who it doesn't work for, about the the FOMO that it creates and and that whole um, excitement around getting somebody to buy a new product. Um, and then the aftermath of like a product that maybe doesn't always perform the way it promises, the people who are marketed to about it um, that can't generally afford that kind of product, maybe their business isn't ready yet for like a sales funnel um, and a whole online it's like sales, a whole online marketplace basically created through ClickFunnels because it's, it's a little bit more advanced of a product really for like who it's marketed to, which are like stay-at-home moms who want to sell printables or something like that. That's who they market to. And then, but the people who are really successful with it have a big audience and a team and are really well-developed salespeople. So I wrote about all of that. It was very cathartic, felt very good. Um, because I work a lot on SEO, I SEO'd the heck out of it. Um, and here we are like five years later, I keep updating it and doing the work. And under ClickFunnels reviews, I'm like ranked number two. I get unbelievable traffic from it. <laughs> and I was in a 
a documentary as the person like sitting on the couch in the basement saying, no, yeah, you don't need all that. Yeah, no, nah, brah, it's not that important. Um, <laughs> while they're like uh, interviewing all these high flyers. And um, so I really hope it comes out. You know, it's it's called uh, Click the Link Below. And, you know, you never know with the documentary if it's going to actually make it to theaters or not. Um, it was such an interesting um, experience because I was like, you know, we always tell our clients, you know, write something controversial, go out on a limb and talk about the things you're passionate about. And then I did it. And then like all this stuff happened and I'm like, see, <laughs> like, and I can like tell my clients, you know, because <laughs> like they had, a, it was a, like a Swedish, a couple of Swedish men who were making this film and they were like zooming me in and they hired like this local, like Emmy winning cameraman and him like there's somebody in my house right now doing like professional lighting and miking me <laughs> to talk about click funnels like this is the weirdest thing i've ever heard you know and i have so many clients and people who talk about things that are far more interesting than this and here i am and so i'm kind of like you could write about anything and you have no idea like what kind of attention you could get and so it's really a good lesson in in going out on a limb and and talking about the things that you care about and even if it's different um you know i've never really gotten a lot of you know nobody's ever given me blowback i've had employees former employees from click saying well you're not wrong <laughs> like gotten messages and stuff and I'm, you know and it's just kind of, i'm surprised you gave it two stars so like you know so it's just kind of a an interesting experience and it's a it was an interesting experiment you know and kind of how you can generate a lot of interest and excitement by being different and sharing an experience that runs counter to you know all of the programming out there you know um so yeah i did that <laughs> it was a thing <laughs> very cool so yeah, it helps is... helps to be a good writer i will say that you know definitely um, so that's like I, Russell. That's one type of marketing, and I I call Russell with love a hopium dealer. Like he just deals <laughs> in hope, right? And it's so addictive. And he's not the only yeah. one who does it. Like uh, I'm, we're we're all getting hit by Frank Kern and his stuff. I don't remember. Like last year, he had this big offer of how he generated whatever like seven thousand four hundred twelve dollars in a single day with zero ad spend. Let me show you how to how you do it. Well, first, you just need you know, 1.7 million followers. And if, if you got 1.7 million followers and a decent offer, you can make that sort of money. But <laughs> all these guys are like, look how easy it was for me. You can do it too. And I'm not taking anything away from Frank Kern because it's easy for him now. Right. But he did the work then. Exactly. Right? There's a reason he has yeah. 1.7 million followers, right? And he can throw an offer and make the money. But so many of these hopium dealers kind of skip that part just to the, like, you know, I sent out an email. I made $7,000. Who wants to see the email? I'm like, yeah, I've got like seven people I can send that email to. I hope I can make some decent money. Hope my mom's in the market. Like, yeah, I mean, it's, you know, it's just, and it, and it's funny and, and it's sad because what happens then is people start like using these tactics on people they know and they, they can alienate themselves if they don't know what it is that they're doing and it i've never heard the term hopium dealer but yeah i mean that's yeah it's a lot of fomo you feel like you're going to be part of this big community and it's going to be so great you're going to make all of this money and 
and it's hard for somebody like me who comes in and like kind of throws water on the fire because I'm like, well, all of that is true. <laughs> and <laughs> there's all this infrastructure that has to be in place in order for that to become the reality. And so what I what I really want for people is to scale responsibly. And that's what a lot of my offers are about because I have a really technical background. So a lot of a lot of times we're looking at the processes that are broken and positioning them for growth so that they can do it, you know, because what happens is they invest in something like a click funnels and then offers it. It's like offer Island, like nothing talks to anything else and things take longer than they think it should. <laughs> like There's so many stops and kinks in the hose in the process that, you know, reducing costs, streamlining. So you offer like a really like, solid gold onboarding process and everything like that. These things are what helps you grow an audience, like because everybody has a good experience, they tell their friends. And then after some of those things, then you can think about like a ClickFunnels or some of the some of the Hopium dealers might be uh, it might you might be time for some of that. Um, the other thing I tell people is like, it's cool that you watch Gary Vaynerchuk. But if you really want to know about the hard work it took for him to get there, go to the very beginning of of wine library <laughs> you know i know see even your dog agrees see <laughs> i have the same problem at my house man you can never bring a dog a, a ball and two dogs in the house so. yeah this is they've got a thousand toys and there's this one orange ball that is the much coveted must-have ball we have one yeah. of those we we try to hide it and they always find it but yeah, um, I mean, it's it's just really hard. You know, it's hard for people to navigate all of it. And they see the Frank Kearns and the Gary Vaynerchuks and they see all these people after they've done all of this practice and they've gone through the hard part and they didn't when they didn't have anybody. And then they see it now and they're like, well, I want that. Um, but I don't know. I don't know if you ever watched the TV show Seinfeld, but it's kind of oh, like of course, yada, yeah. yada, yada. I'm a billionaire, like, and it's kind of like, well, yeah, but each yada is pretty important. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that that's <laughs> where a good you get one. there. That's a good one. Um, yeah, it's funny. I'm in uh, one of the funnel building groups, not click funnels. Let's call it X Y Z funnels. And I was <laughs> following your 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 advice and like getting content out there. And I was posting in that group, you know, quite regularly about the strategy, about the messaging. And one of the yeah. admins asked me not to post so much about that stuff because it wasn't about XYZ funnels. Oh. I'm like, because they just wanted like, how do you automate an email system? How do you make the font blue? How do you? And I was like, none of that stuff matters yeah, if you don't have the matter. message. Like, well, yeah, no, I kind of understand, but we really just want to keep our platform about, you know, the funnels. I'm like, yeah. And that's one of the biggest things is, Everybody thinks that the funnel is going to do the work and it's just a delivery system. Yeah. Yeah. Cause they asked, they asked me in the documentary, like what's the definition of a, of sales funnel. I was like, it's a sales process. Right. And then there was like all this si silence. Cause I think they expected like some big complicated thing. I'm like, it's your online sales process. Yeah. Cause like, but it only works. It. Like, like yeah. we got to like, yeah, I know we you know we make fun of Russell and stuff, but we we both give him huge props. Huge and credit. props, yeah, yeah, because he was the one who said websites are dead, right? That was yeah. that was mind blowing. What do you mean websites are dead? You don't need a website; you need a sales funnel. So, 
with his definition, it's, you know, it's a one problem, one solution website. Whereas sure. yeah. the reality is what you're saying is a funnel starts from your organic post. It starts from, you know, talking to somebody on the street and it ends, you know, maybe a couple of weeks, months later with a phone call and the, and the close. It's not those, you know, three landing pages in the middle. See, and it's not, and it's not, I'm not throwing shade at Russell Brunson. He's fabulous. He's brilliant. Like that, that's not the point. The point is that you can't add any technology, whether it's XYZ funnels, click funnels, WordPress, whatever. You can't do that unless you know what you're doing <laughs> and what right. works, because that's what makes, what makes click funnels work is the magic of knowing what your people want and how to deliver it in the online space. And you do that through messaging, you do that through like touch points and ads and all the different things that you have to do to make the funnel go. You're right. It's not about if the button is orange or not, <laughs> you know. And it, and honestly, it truly doesn't matter how pretty the funnel is either. It's really like do people understand what I'm trying to do here? Is it a reflection of who I am? Is it a reflection of my sales process? And if you can check all the boxes and people know, like, and trust you, then it's going to work. Exactly. But it's, nobody wants to hear all that. They want no. the, soft, the magic software. It's like the magic beans, you know. I think I got my hand slapped for being negative before, too, because somebody was talking about, you know, all this, the tech behind their 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 coaching thing that they're going to offer. And somehow I got, I'm like, have you sold any yet? Like, oh, no, it's not built. I'm like, that, you don't have to build it. I'm like, yeah. does anybody want to buy it? Have you pre-sold it at one-tenth of the cost? Like, no, I'm going to wait until it's built. Because people, it's so much fun to build stuff and click funnels or whatever. It's fun oh, to yeah. build it and have this huge thing and with all the buttons and the bells and the whistles and you can track how much videos they watch and all this stuff. But then it's the ugly part of having to sell it. And so people, again, it's the build it. They think, oh, I'll just build it and then they'll, they'll sell and I'm a big believer in you got to whatever you're, I don't care what it is. You got to pre-sell a couple of them. Like just, just, yeah. I don't, I don't care if you sell it for a dollar, just like, will somebody buy it? Yeah. You know, I mean, it's, and it's hard, right? You know, I mean, I have a community, an online community. I have people in there and, and they're, I'm like, I keep saying, you know, we got to get out of tweak mode. Like it's about doing it, you know, like I'm giving you things that you can be doing but it's still about prioritizing and executing and and doing it you know you can't just be build 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 it's got to be <laughs> pre-sale release you know you have to go through a whole launch cycle you know if you're going to do that because yeah you're right it's fun to build like one of the reasons i took myself off of wordpress is as a you know somebody who develops and and works in wordpress i was like i don't need to be tweaking my own website all the time i need to be talking to more people Right. You know, so the answer is like sometimes you have to take some of that stuff out of your own hands, <laughs> and then yeah. you know, and, and then it become you make it less fun for yourself to tweak everything, so that then you can get more in the execution mode. Like I know Russell a little bit personally, and he he's a bit of a perfectionist, so he does the stuff he puts out has a lot, a lot of thought behind it. But do you think Frank Kern has ever put out anything even close to perfect? No. <laughs> Like Kern will just be sleeping in bed. He's like, I got an idea. And he gets on his phone and he sells it <laughs> with, and he's, he's figuring out what he's talking about as he's going. He had no idea when he started the live, what he was going to talk yeah. about, but he just, 
offer, 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 after offer, and he just waits, and, and most of them fail. And then something clicks. He's like, oh, who thought? Who knew that would click? And then he gets his team to, to start pushing that one thing, but he sells everything before he makes it. Yeah, no, yeah, you have to, you have to do that. Otherwise, you're just in constant development mode, and then, and and that's the that's that's the whole philosophy around like fail fast. You know, you just put it out there, just keep putting it out there, yeah. and then if it's not going to work, then you have to abandon abandon it. You know, and the problem is a lot of people get too attached, and I've done that before too. I think everybody's done that. You get too attached to the idea, mm-hmm. and you don't want to pre-sell it because what if people don't like it? And it's like, well, yeah, because that means you need to come up with another thing. <laughs> you know? So that's so. You said you got to get past the trolls. That's not hard to do. How do you get past? Uh, that, I said not hard to do. I said that's not easy to do to get past the trolls. Yeah. And then you've got failure. Like yeah. failing is hard. Like how how do you? You know, you got your baby. You put it out there. Everybody says, "Oh, your baby's ugly." Like how do you get past that? Oh, yeah. You know, it's you know everybody's different. So how you get through that is is pretty personal i think but it's a lot easier the more that you know about your ideal customers and what happens a lot i think from what i've seen among clients and other people is they haven't necessarily done enough of the work beforehand right <laughs> and they get pretty frustrated then when things don't go as they expect you know there shouldn't be a ton of surprises on especially like a high ticket offer that means that you've you've done some things beforehand that lead up to it. Hopefully you're not just building toward this offer without testing it. You know, people don't realize how much of marketing is a test. Like what Frank Kern is doing is testing. He's just like, I'm going to throw, I'm going to throw this offer out there. Um, If it works, we're going to make it. If it doesn't, you know, well, I'll come up with something else, you know? And, and that's the thing. A lot of people get too attached to that first idea, not knowing that there's other ideas behind it. You know, there's other things that can come. I don't really have that problem because I have about a thousand ideas a day. (laughs) So, um, but I acknowledge that not everybody's like that. And it can be agonizing to feel that failure because the conversation around success is so much about all the good parts. And we don't really focus on the fact that you have to fail in order to succeed. I can't think of any time in my life where I succeeded without some sort of failure before it. I mean, and and it's just that we don't talk about that. We're like conditioned to not talk about that. And success after failure is so much more valuable because if you succeed after you fail, you know what caused the success. If you succeed out of the box, people are like, <laughs> what'd you do? Like, I don't know, just, I don't know. It was funny, I was watching uh, <laughs> Jimmy Fallon with Keith Richards and he had a guitar an acoustic guitar and he's playing jumping jack flash and oh my god it just sounded amazing (laughs) and uh and uh, jimmy fallon asked keith rich he's like how did you do that how did you make that like dollar store acoustic guitar sound like an electric guitar and keith's like i don't know he's like (laughs) i know i can do it I just don't know how I can do it. But nobody else could have picked up that guitar and made it sound the way Keith Richards did. And he doesn't know how he does. He doesn't know. Like he doesn't he doesn't purposely do it. It's just what flows out of him. And so when something just flows out of you like that, it's hard to reproduce. Like Keith can't teach me to play. Like he can because he doesn't know. He yep. doesn't know how, right? And had well, Keith worked to develop that sound, then he could teach other people. 
Yeah, I mean, there's there is something to like genius, right? Like, and yeah. in some ways, you know, you can't. Michael Jordan can't teach people how to play basketball like him. You know, Keith Richards can't teach people how to play guitar like him. Um, and to an extent, you know, maybe even like Russell Brunson and Frank Kern and some people can't teach you exactly how to do it. That some of that stuff has to be within yourself, you know, and you have to be willing to like face the failure, like, you know, a million times. Like if you think about a musician or a basketball player, I can't remember the stats now on Michael Jordan, but it was like, you know, you think of him as like the person that you want to take the last shot. Well, he missed a lot of last shots. <laughs> you know, right. yeah. he missed more than he made, you know, but we remember the ones that he made because they were in the biggest moments. But there there's a lot of shots that that we miss, you know, but the thing is you have you still have to take the shot. And right. that's the thing that I want to encourage people most of all is like take your shots, you know, and then and then take your lumps <laughs> if so, it works like or to, not, you know? So I think this is it. Like, so I'd like to close the, uh, the interview with like, what is one thing that somebody can implement today to move the needle? And I think yeah. you might've just been saying it right there. So let's just yeah. reiterate that. Take your shots, get out there and do it. You know, you have to start taking action that isn't in the planning phases. It isn't in the, I'm going to build the thing. You have to start talking about things publicly. You have to start sharing, sharing your offers, sharing your deals and getting it out there. <laughs> I can't hear you. You coughed on, you coughed on, on. I did it backwards. You did it backwards. <laughs> For those of you listening and not watching. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, I unmuted when I started coughing, and then I muted when I was done coughing. So let's um start again from the very you beginning. To, you don't want me to cough through it, or you don't want to cough through it? Wow. Damn it. All right. <laughs> so, Jen, I think you are. So we'll just start back with the uh, the one takeaway. And I'll, I'll edit that coughing spasm out, because that's where I coughed through. So, Jen, I think you, you've uh, already just sort of said this, but I'd like to end each interview with, like, one thing that you can do right away to start moving the needle. I think you've kind of said it with, like, taking the shots. So just want to reiterate that for us. Yeah. So remember at the very beginning when I said marketing is getting the word out about the things that you care about. And then you do it over and over and over again. And you have to take those shots. You have to get out there. You have to do something to talk about what it is that you're offering. and then. You have to practice enough on that that you find the thing that you like to do and that you're willing to fail at and do it. You know, you have to get out of this space of like, when it's perfect, I'm going to do it. Or when it's all built, I'm going to do it. <laughs> like those are those start to become excuses. They're not always excuses in the beginning, but at the end, it becomes more of a barrier, you know? So what we want to do is break through those barriers, start taking a few risks so that we can start to see the rewards. Because you'll never get there unless you start getting out there. Very cool. So if people wanted to learn more about you or ways that you can help them, do you have anything for my listening audience? For your listening audience? <laughs> <laughs> I have, <laughs> if you go to uh, womenconquerbiz.com slash links, I have a few classes there that are free that you can you can get into, like 
how to get 5% more leads from your Google business profile. And you can, which is, believe it or not, a really big thing <laughs> that you can do. Um, oh my gosh. So I just want to touch on that for a second. It's like 5%. <laughs> I want 500%, Jen. Like, why are you saying 5%? Why can't I get 500%? Well, you can. Because if you're not getting any leads at all, <laughs> then you can get 500%. Um, it's because I'm honest. I'm not going to tell you you're going to get 500% more leads. Um, statistically, people can get 5% more leads from a Google, a good, well-written Google business profile. Okay. And that's, so, and I, I, you know, I was being tongue in cheek there because that's yeah. something else like, and I don't know why I don't usually talk about Frank Kern this much, but <laughs> Frank uh, did some, he, he was showing his ad agency and he was saying, yeah, I, I, he's got a few different ad agencies. And one of them yeah. was consistently getting him $2 for every dollar he spent. I guess he'd forgotten about them. He's like, oh, I went to this account and they're getting me like $2 for every dollar. <laughs> and he's just so excited about that. And because that's yeah. the reality, like so many of the, the big, the hopium dealers are like, you know, 100 times your, your thing, right? Or you can make all this money with no ad spend. And it's just yeah. so nice to hear somebody like be open and say, you know what, I can get you 5% because 5% is awesome, especially if it's you know, compounded daily sort of thing, right? Yeah. I mean, that's the thing, you know? And um, so, yeah, I guess it's not like hot marketing copy, but it's the honest, <laughs> the honest yeah. marketing copy of, you know, hey, if you're not getting anything from it, if you wrote it once and forgot about it, hey, let's just remember that and make this part of our workflow and you might see a 5% bump or maybe more. Right. So very cool. Yeah. Well, Jen, again, it was great having you as a guest. I love like-minded individuals. I loved your honesty. Um, I loved your, you don't have any hopium to deal to us. I love that. <laughs> it was great chatting with you. Thanks. Yeah, thanks. It was great meeting you. And um, yeah, just glad to be here. Thanks a lot. All right. Stay in touch. Thanks. And that is a wrap for this episode of Because Business is Personal. Thanks for joining us. And don't forget to take advantage of my two special offers. First, you can get a free copy of my best-selling book, Empathic Marketing. You just pay for the shipping. Or you can have 50% discount on my Gap Analysis session with the coupon code PODCAST. Just head over to www.becausebusinessispersonal.com or check the show notes for details. If you've enjoyed today's episode, please don't forget to follow, subscribe, leave a review, and share the podcast with others who might benefit. Your support means the world to us, so stay tuned for our next episode where we'll continue to delve into the intersection of empathy and marketing strategy. Remember, because business is indeed personal, every connection counts. Until next time, see you then.